Now I'm here to share eight simple steps with you on how to create the most realistic character as possible. And you could apply these steps for every single character that you have, including side characters, your main character, and your antagonist. So let's begin. Step number one is personality. Think of 10 adjectives to describe your character. Let's talk about the main character for now, but you could do this and apply this for any character that you see fit as we go along. So think of 10 adjectives for your main character. Do these adjectives coincide with one another? For example, if they are courageous, are they also athletic? We might want to create adjectives that are not so closely related to one another, and I'll tell you why. My name is JK Noble, and you're listening to A Pen Sorcery, where we talk about the power of storytelling, how to perfect our crafts as storytellers, and what we can learn from stories in all shapes and forms, including books, TV shows, movies, and so much more. Thank you for joining me today, and for those who don't know, I am the author of the young adult fantasy series called Hail. My first book ever is called The Rise of the Griffins, and it's right here on my bookshelf. And my second book is The Prophet's Journal, right next to it, and it's going to come out in November. And I'm so excited about that, and I can't wait for everyone to read it and see how Hale's story continues. So today we're going to discuss how to write a realistic character. Now we talked a bit about this in episode one, but we're going to dive deeper in this episode. I've learned a lot throughout life, even though I'm so young, I know, but what we learn in life regarding people will help us in creating a realistic character, whether we are observing ourselves or the people around us or people that we've experienced vicariously through stories that we enjoy. Now I'm here to share eight simple steps with you on how to create the most realistic character as possible. And you could apply these steps for every single character that you have, including side characters, your main character, and your antagonist. So let's begin. Step number one is personality. Think of 10 adjectives to describe your character. Let's talk about the main character for now, but you could do this and apply this for any character that you see fit as we go along. So think of 10 adjectives for your main character. Do these adjectives coincide with one another? For example, if they're courageous, are they also athletic? We might want to create adjectives that are not so closely related to one another, and I'll tell you why. We want complexities in our characters, and complexities make the character as realistic as possible. I'll explain. This is the trick to redeeming a villain. When you have conflicting adjectives, for example, you, perhaps your villain is an evil genius, but he cares very deeply about his people for example. So he's doing all the wrong things for all the right reasons. And that is something that humanizes him, that makes us, not him, that humanizes our villain and makes them more likable for your reader. So that's something to think about. And then we could add imperfections to our main characters. So let's say our character is very, very skilled at what they do, but also they're a bit goofy. And these imperfections are what create 
an interest and we want our readers to be as interested in our characters as much as possible we want them to love them we want them to hate them and it is okay to hate your main character sometimes because everybody makes mistakes and that is something to keep in mind that everybody makes mistakes and everybody has their own specific journeys depending on what they learn throughout their lives and life is supposed to mold people and it's supposed to mold your characters as well when they experience life situations and problems throughout their stories so we want the imperfect hero and the lovable villain and we want those contradictions we want those contradictions for everyone we meet no one is perfect and that creates interest now also think about the character's upbringing and the situations that they have lived throughout in life that made them this way. Now, once you figure that out, we're going to move to step number two, which is likes and dislikes. Now, start with the basics here. What kind of foods do they like and dislike? What types of people do they get along with or don't get along with? What simple pleasures do they prefer? How do they want to live their lives if the world was perfect? What do they like or dislike about their current situation? What makes them unhappy and what makes them happy? What do they look forward to in life? What is the reason they get out of bed in the morning? Step number three are goals. Your character might not have a goal in the beginning and that is okay. Their goal might develop once the problem arises in the story. So remember like any person, your character will strive to achieve something, whether it's for themselves, for the betterment of others, or the betterment of the world. For example, let's say your character wants to save the world but not just because they're saving the world but because they want to save the lives of their loved ones that is something to think about now step four is how do your characters think all people think differently that's one thing that i've learned and often you might find people who think similarly to you but not exactly like you and this could be due to cultural backgrounds, the situations they live through in life, religious beliefs, and so much more. And as you can see, there are so many different factors that can mold another's thought process. And here are some questions that might be helpful for you to understand how a character thinks. So remember the previous steps we covered, especially in step number one when answering these questions. How do your characters respond to the certain situation that they come across? How will they respond to something somebody has told them? Will they take offense? If it's something critical, I mean. Will they take offense or will, do they take criticism in an easy way? How do they respond to obstacles and setbacks? How do they respond to death? What situation, if any, will break your character's heart. How? What does your character believe in? What are their values? What are their morals? What gives them hope? Who are their role models? What kinds of people do they, do they look up to and why? What constitutes success in their minds? What constitutes them to believe a person is good or bad? That's a good one. What constitutes a person to believe someone is good or bad now that has to do very strictly with their moral compass and that's something that you need to think about everyone has a different moral compass now what kinds of people do they despise what are their pet peeves in a person for example someone might not like a liar 
someone might detest the fact that someone is, is lying to them or someone is being, you know, a cheat in a game if you're playing a board game. Ugh, I hate cheats, you know? Things like that. Um, what kinds of people might they despise? They could despise diplomatic sort of speech. Someone who doesn't speak directly or vice versa. They could despise the fact that the person is very direct and they might prefer someone who is more of a lighthearted, explains things in a sugar-coated way. That's something that you need to think about. Okay, now step five. What is important to your characters? This is different from goals. So everybody has something that they value. So what is valuable to your character? It could be a materialistic object. It could be their friends, their family. It could be their livelihood. It could be their hobby. It could be anything. What do they value in their hearts? What is important to them? What can't they live without? What do they love beyond belief, beyond all things? What is that one thing that they prioritize above anything and everyone else? Figure that out. And why is it sentimental to that character? It could be a person, it could be a materialistic object, it could be whatever it is, but why is it so important to them? Even your evil character, even your villains could have something that they care about beyond all things. For my character, Bale, it's his younger brother, Hale. And Bale is the villain and Hale is our protagonist. And that causes extreme conflict, especially when they're on opposing sides of a war. Now, apart from this, importance can also come from the lifestyle that they want to live, which I spoke about previously. What is something that they cannot live without? There are people and characters who cannot live without luxury. For example, Ryoma, one of my characters, she cannot live without luxury. She cannot live without the finer things in life, without comfortability, things like that. Will someone fight for their lifestyle? Will someone fight for their career? Will someone fight for their independence? Will someone fight for their beliefs? Will someone fight for materialistic objects? Will someone fight over money? Will, will they fight over... Hmm. You know, it depends on the person. It depends on what is important to them. What will they fight for? Now, are they career-oriented, family-oriented? What gets them going? What do they wake up in the morning for? Is their health important to them? Why? Have close relatives around them been sick? Have they died? Have these things caused them to care more about their health? You know, this is a very realistic concept that we, for example, we care a lot about our health. I'm talking about humans. <laughs> Step six, strengths and weaknesses. No one is perfect and your characters shouldn't be either if you're striving for realism. All people have things that they're good at and things that they suck at. And this could relate academically. It could relate to all aspects in a person's life. The person, one, one character could be great at cooking and another character could be great at singing. And one person could be horrible at mechanics and, and so on and so on and so on. Figure out those things that are strengths and weaknesses to your characters. And how do those strengths and weaknesses move along that move them along in the story, aid them in the story? And how do those weaknesses hinder them? And how can they overcome those weaknesses using their strengths? A lot of people work on their weaknesses and make them into a strength. And a lot of people solely focus on their strengths, ignoring their weaknesses. Which which of your characters will 
focus on their strengths and which of your characters will enhance their weaknesses to become a strength. Create a list for your characters in strengths and weaknesses. Things they know well and things they don't know too well. And remember, life is about learning. So anything that they don't know, they can definitely learn as the stories go along. As your story goes along, as long as it correlates with your storyline. For example, if your character is not good at cooking and your story has nothing to do with cooking, let's leave cooking out of the story. (laughs) However, if your character is horrible at cooking and suddenly they find themselves entering a cooking competition and now they're at a loss of what to do, well, they're going to have to buckle down and learn how to cook and overcome this weakness. Great, so you could create a different chart for future strengths and weaknesses because as we know that we learn throughout life and so will your characters and those strengths and weaknesses will definitely change as they go on their journey. So definitely make one list of strengths and weaknesses for your characters at the beginning of the book and a different list at the end. Yes, weaknesses can also be strengths. Don't forget that. People are always self-conscious of some aspect about themselves. A character's individuality could offer something great. Even though they're not up to par in certain qualities the way that other people are, those weaknesses could become a superpower. So step number seven is we're going to talk about quirks. And I've spoken about this briefly in episode one. And I will reiterate because quirks are what are most entertaining about any person, about any character. It's what makes them intriguing. It's what makes us cringe. It's what makes them human. Quirks are so, so, so much fun. And I believe every character should have a quirk. Some people pick their noses, (laughs) some might slam doors, some might twiddle their thumbs, shuffle their feet, play with their hair, have like an eye twitch, or might go like this with their nose. We don't know. So what fits your character best? What quirk fits your character best and why do they do it? Definitely add quirks because we, me for example, I... I have tons of quirks, especially when I'm nervous, especially when I'm anxious, or even when I'm happy. Quirks coincide with emotion. For example, in the show Peaky Blinders, which is one of my favorite, favorite, favorite shows, the main character, Tommy, when he thinks, he always rubs his cigarette across his lips before he smokes it. And that's how you could tell that Tommy is thinking, he's brewing a plan, he's planning something, how to get back at his, at the villain in the season. And that season's villain. So that's a fun quirk that I always catch Tommy doing. I think, wow, I love that quirk because it's so him. It's such a rugged thing to do, to rub the cigarette across the lips and to think and ponder about things. I love the fact that he has that quirk. So what quirk fits your main character best and why? Why do they do it? It's, is it out of nervousness? Is it because they're thinking? What is it about? Is it an annoying quirk? Is it an endearing quirk? How will your readers respond to this quirk? Now, step number eight is character development. What didn't your character know at the beginning of the novel that they learned at the end? What situations have molded them and how exactly have their personalities molded? Your character could develop in positive ways as well as in negative ways and that is okay. That's what makes us human. For example, if your character goes through something really traumatic, don't expect them to be all perfect. A soldier comes back from war with PTSD. So don't expect 
your character to come out all right at the end. They might have a lot of trauma and a lot of baggage and that is okay. Like any person, you have to give that person the ability to feel whatever they're feeling and that's what makes them human. And whether they stick with that, that's up to them. They might grow out of it whenever they grow out of it or they might not. So it could be a really great skill that they acquired or it could be something. It, it depends on where the story has taken your character. What have they learned? What, how has this molded them? That's something for you to think about. Take for example a character who's learned that they have been betrayed by their lover. Due to their pessimistic personality, they have chosen never to trust anybody ever again or be so vulnerable with another person ever again. Now that is how they've chosen to handle the situation. A different person, perhaps a more optimistic person, will handle the situation very differently. They might pick themselves up, it might take them a little bit of time, but they will realize, okay, that person is not for me, that person did not choose me, and they will go ahead and move along with their lives wherever that their life leads them. They might be open to love and continue on in their love journey, but a pessimistic person will obviously have a different resolution to this experience than an optimistic person. You see the difference in the same situation how two different people could handle it. Your character does not have to go through one single obstacle in life in your story. We don't go through one single obstacle in life. Every day there's another challenge. So don't expect your character to face only one obstacle in the story. Yes, we have that overarching storyline for our plot, but there could be several, several circumstances that happen, events that happen in between that force our characters to change a little bit at a time and learn new different things. So they might be molded in tons of ways, not just in one way. Think about that. What are the small little events that happen along the way and how do those small events aid the overarching change in the character and what are the minor changes as well? Remember, not all characters need to develop positively. You could still find a character endearing if they have, even if they have those negative qualities, even if they're growing negative qualities as well. But we need to have something that redeems the person as well. So what makes the person endearing? Why do we love them? What makes them imperfect and why? That is something that you need to think about. So I hope you enjoyed this episode and was this helpful? Comment below, please. And thank you so much for joining me on my second ever episode of The Pen Sorcery. I'm so proud of you in your book journey. And I can't wait for you to hold your own book in your hands once it's finished and completed and perfected. You should be so proud of yourself. And please tune in for more episodes of The Pen Sorcery. This is JK Noble. Bye-bye.